Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When I was going to reinvent myself, one of the first things that I did that was really liberating and really catapulted me to a new identity, it occurred to me that I had a choice. In fact, we all have a choice. I know what it feels like to wait for things to be perfect. And I decided to retire that scarcity mindset. And now I'm all about messy action because I know on the other side of the courage to step in is where all the real growth and expansion lies. So that's why I say reinvention is not starting over. It's finishing and executing on what you've been dying to do and it's arriving at yourself. And if you've been successful in something, more than likely those skill sets are transferable to a new endeavor. So you're never really starting over. Yeah, so this is some pretty deep stuff. You have to put yourself in situations where you're available and in a higher state to draw upon that one download, that one idea that changes everything. If you're not embarrassed with who you were a year ago, you're probably not growing. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Inspiring Our Evolution, Craig Siegel. Craig, how are you there, brother? Wow. Talk about an unbelievable introduction. I'm fired up. Let's do this. No place else. (laughs) Let's get nuts. 
<laughs> oh man, it is such a pleasure to have you here. For those that are tuning into Craig for the first time, let me quickly do the honors. He's a transformative powerhouse and Wall Street Journal's best-selling author of what is called the Reinvention Formula. We're going to be diving deep into that today. He's a former Wall Streeter turned global keynote speaker, thought leader. Craig's journey basically inspires a bulletproof mindset towards personal reinvention. He's not just an author, he's a TEDx speaker, top podcaster, endurance enthusiast. He's got six marathons under his belt. And we're going to find out how that even happened because um, at some point, I think, quoting you yourself, Craig, you were not the person that actually enjoyed running. You were the last person to be running. So I'm not sure how you got six marathons under your belt with that um, in your background. Now it's seven as of last week. <laughs> Bro, you're unstoppable. I want to talk about this. So he's featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. He's uh, basically got a dynamic approach in redefining your identity and basically helping you reshape your life's narrative. Craig, man, thank you so much for being here with us today, man. Such a pleasure to have you here. I'm honored to be here, but let's have a lot of fun. Let's drop some value and let's supply some nuggets. Yo, so let's start off with a question that you love to ask on your podcast, if I can be so cheesy. What is your superpower? Yeah, I think we all have a couple, if I'm being honest. One of mine that comes to mind is consistency. And I know that's not the sexiest answer, but it's funny because a lot of people come to me these days for coaching and for stuff like that. And like, I want to do what you're doing in the short amount of time that you've done it. And I'm like, all right, but do you want to do what I did? And I always chuckle to myself because I've done, I didn't do a whole lot right my whole life, but I've done a lot right the last three years. And one of the things that I just, for me, is non-negotiable, brother, is consistency. I'm not just interested. I'm committed. I'm all in. And when you're consistent and you continuously show up, you do a couple things. Number one, people rely upon that. They know they can count on you. You're reliable. And, and then secondly, you start to build self-trust and integrity within yourself. Because if there's one thing that you could control, it's your effort. And I believe everybody could control that. And one of the ways to do that and showcase that to the world, but also yourself, is to continuously show up each and every single day, non-negotiable. And that is a superpower. And the irony is, is it's available to everybody. But unfortunately, I don't see as many people as I'd like tap into it. Let's talk about that for a quick sec, because the consistency piece I find, and I'm just leaning into my own self as an example here for a quick sec, I find it's way easier um, to be more consistent when I'm publicly facingly accountable. Let me explain that, what I mean by that. So the podcast, we do two a week, and I know the audience has an expectation for two a week. Now, let's be realistic. If I miss a week, the audience is probably not going to really notice. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe some diehard fans totally will. Um, but the reality is, in my mind, I've set a commitment and gone, yep, every two weeks we get a podcast. And the newsletter, every Monday, every Sunday, Monday, I send out a, an email newsletter. And there's just a commitment that I've made that, hey, like every week this is going to happen. It's interesting when we lean into consistency because I notice for myself, there are certain things like I hit the gym four times a week. I know you've got a relationship where you go seven days. Like that's incredible. But if I find um, setting the consistency piece when you're only accountable to yourself, you mentioned self-esteem, is much more difficult. What are your thoughts on that? The behind the scenes consistency versus what can be seen consistency and the accountability and the difference between the two? Yes, there's two things that come to mind. And I really appreciate this question. So when I signed up for my first marathon way back when, a few years back when I was not a runner, 
I knew that I had to make some major transformations in my life. And one of the things that I did was I told the world that I was running this marathon. And back then, I didn't have a social media personality or anything like that. I'm an introvert. So for me to announce to everyone in my network that I was running a marathon was a really, really big deal. People were like, what? I didn't even think you liked to run. And, and the truth of the matter is, is I did that because I'm aware of the external accountability, right? So you might be able to let yourself down behind closed doors, but when everyone else knows about it, there's no coming back from that. And for me, that helps me even level up and take it to a higher vibration. So I think there's something to that. And then the other approach, ironically, on the other side is that I just had this mentality, brother, that the camera's always on. And what I mean by that is do a thing, do it well. Whether it's you're waking up for your morning routine or you're brushing your teeth or you're spending quality time with your fiance or your dog or your family or coaching a client or you're on stage, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to be present, mindful and give every encounter everything I got. Whether I'm literally on a stage in front of 70,000 or I'm literally at home by myself just going through my routine. It's that mentality that the camera is always on. And as a result, I, I stay consistent and I hold myself accountable. And that's just a mindset. And I believe everybody should tap into that. You should not take your foot off the gas when no one's looking. If anything, there's an expression. I forgot how it goes. It's like the more you bleed in practice the, or the more you sweat in practice, the less you bleed in war. Something along yeah. those lines. Just yeah, meaning yeah, like yeah. you get everything you got behind closed doors. I love that you're using a um, a war metaphor <laughs> there because there is something I want to talk to you about, the, about just the vibe of a gladiator, but we'll get to that in just a sec. I am conscious, and this is me getting into the weeds with you a little bit, that there's also a whole school of thought that talks about when you announce things, because we've just talked about announcing things to the world and how that anchors things and gives you a bias for accountability and then you show up behind it. But then also there's a whole school of thought in personal development around the identity piece and how many dopamine hits you get every time you talk about doing something rather than actually just showing up and do the work. And I know so much of your, one of, your favorite, one of my favorite things about your work is uh, action espouses clarity, not the other way around, Yeah. And just the balance between there, it's like, yes, absolutely going forward facing and hey, like this is what I'm about to do. I'm going to run a marathon, you know, parking that out in the world. But then also conversely, like, do we, is it okay to talk about what we're doing or are we actually robbing ourselves of like, you know, giving ourselves artificial dopamine hits and pretending like we're doing it just by every time we're speaking about it? Do you get the lining of my question? Yeah, it's interesting. So for me, I think some things should be meant to be private, whatever the case may be. But for our brand specifically, look, let's just quote what it is. There's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of people saying something, not carrying a ton of weight behind it and not necessarily have a lot of credibility. So for me, like, for example, I ran the New York City Marathon last Sunday, not yesterday, a week ago. And... One thing that I did was I sent out a, a message and email to my entire network that let them know that I was running it and that if they were interested, they had the opportunity to download the app and track me. And if I'm being honest, I could really use your positive energy. And and then that marathon was crazy, right? I hit the wall at an unexpected and unpredictable mile nine. Now, just to be clear for my non-runners out there, typically, even the professionals will say that have been on the podcast and so forth, you hit the wall where you really start feeling the marathon at mile 18 or 20. I, I hit that at mile nine in my first thought process because when you're in the arena like that, 
you get the worst, most negative, demonic, inner critic, self-talk, all that stuff. And my opponent, my mom was literally like, why would you tell me when you were running this thing? Now you screwed a long day. But because I did, number one, it allows me to separate myself from a lot of other people that are doing something similar because I'm actually giving life updates, real, raw, and authentic and uncomfortable in real time. Right. And the truth of the matter was, is that was a tough marathon because I did hit the wall early, but I punched back and we ended up running a personal best, the fastest I ever ran it. And people got to see, and, and even if I didn't run the fastest I ever ran it, that would have been okay too. But people get to see that I say I'm going to do something and then I follow through with it. And it's not always going to be easy. Sunshine, butterflies, and rainbows. Sometimes it hurts, but I think that's what's missing with the raw and, and real and authentic entrepreneurial space because social media tends to highlight the highs and the highlight reels. And I think that that's irresponsible because there's a lot of ups and downs in life, but specifically entrepreneurship. And sometimes it's a tough day. Right? Sometimes it could be a tough week. Obviously, you keep moving forward. You figured out the problems to solve and so forth. But I like to keep it real and authentic and raw and showcase the journey in real time. So that's something I take a lot of pride in. I love that we're talking about the ups and downs because my secret agenda today, which is not so secret now because I'm voicing it, was to turn this podcast into a bit of a masterclass around self-belief because you've talked about a lot of things with the reinvention formula and it's pretty much a great book, man. Like it's, you've basically gone through your entire you know, you've been doing this work out in the world since COVID, uh, public facing, but, you know, you've been working on yourself, uh, you know, the better part of a decade and then some. So, and I feel like you've covered your entire journey through the book in terms of what has actually helped you shift and change and then made that super digestible in the book. One of the things that I couldn't help but take away was just the incredible amount of self-belief that you have within yourself. And I wanted to dive deeper into that because, the interesting, even the way you've described it in other podcasts where I listened in was you felt like you were a gladiator, but just in the wrong arena. And that happened to you again and again. You left Wall Street. Um, you've had multiple backgrounds in terms of the work that you've done. Um, can you describe, well, maybe first high level, like what it felt being displaced and what it felt like being out of place? But also I want to dive deeper into how just that that sense of I'm a gladiator in the wrong arena because I think for a lot of us tuning in when we're out of place we let the environment sort of dictate our self-worth right like oh I'm not very good in this environment so I must not be very good but even just that mindset of I'm a gladiator in the wrong arena makes it sound like actually I'm great I'm just in the wrong place like square peg round hole were you carrying that awareness or is that something that developed it's an open question. I know I've left it sort of loose as I've asked it, but allowing you to riff on it, please. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, another one of my superpowers that I could have answered to you was self-belief. And that also is available to everyone. And it's a muscle that can be developed in regards to being a gladiator in the wrong arena. All I had to do was wake up and change everything. And I had been working on myself for so long. And, and although I think highly of myself, I want to be very honest and, and vulnerable. I was not the best person for years and, and I was trying my best with the tools that I had and 
you know, I was in the wrong industries. And, and just to be clear, I wouldn't have changed anything on my journey because I got so much out of it as part of my journey and it brought me to exactly where I am today. It's one of the reasons why I've been able to quantum leap in, in a relatively short amount of time. But I think everybody knows the feeling. And, and I think, sadly, most people are a gladiator in the wrong arena. And when I say gladiator, I mean everybody's capable, let's be honest. Everybody can make moves and tap in and, and energetically get behind something and cultivate confidence and do stuff. But ultimately, for me, it's like being in a relationship, right? Whether it's a human or a job or a professional or whatever the case may be. If it feels like a lot of work, and when I say work, I don't mean like, you know, work ethic isn't important. I mean, like you said earlier, like like a square peg in a round hole or the other way around. Like it feels like you're trying to force it, but something energetically is just not in alignment. It's like, for example, you ever been in a relationship, I'm sure somebody could relate to this. And like, you're trying to change the person to, to mold them to how you are, but that's not how it works. You can't change somebody right? Hopefully you're both on, on a similar spiritual goal and, and you respect each other and, and you adapt and so forth and you like the person the way they are and so forth. But once you try to change somebody right away, that's like maybe this isn't the right fit for both of you. And in regards to business, it's like, I just wanted to help people and do great stuff and, and put a dent in the universe and the whole stock thing and all that stuff. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't. And, I, and when I left that and I started my own business, it was lucrative, but it was just so unfulfilling, for lack of better words. Like, it felt like I was, I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to be honest. Like, it felt like I was disrespecting my creator because I wasn't utilizing my talents or my skill sets or my God-given abilities and gifts in the right place. And, and like, I, it was, I was wasting time. And again, I want to be clear, I would not have changed anything, but it's just that feeling that you get. And I, and I start every speaking engagement with the same question. I say, who here believes that they're here for something more than they're currently settling for? And literally everybody raises their hands. And that's good because there's awareness. But the, the key is, is to find that alignment. What is your assignment? What are you supposed to do? What do you love? How can you allocate your God-given gifts to the right arena, so to speak? And it's an energy thing. It just feels that alignment. And, and I'll give you this one last analogy. So, for example, these days, building the empire and so forth, at the end of a long day, because we have a lot going on, we're, we're growing and we're scaling, and I'm still wearing a lot of hats, probably more than I'd like to admit right now, and it could be a long day. I might have three virtual speaking engagements and coaching calls, a podcast, a sponsorship call. At the end of a long day, I'm tired, right? But I love this stuff. I can't wait to, to wake up tomorrow and get at it again. At my old career, my old life, at the end of a long day, I was depleted. Big difference between being tired and being depleted. I was depleted of all my energy because I was putting energy into something that I didn't really care about. I didn't love it. Just to be clear, I was giving it everything I got, but it wasn't really for me. It wasn't the right fit. And so I was depleted. And then my thought process was, got to wake up and do this again, you know? So nowadays, I'm just exhausted because I'm working so hard and I love this stuff. So that those feelings energetically are a good indication and feedback as to if you're in alignment or if you're not, you want to reassess. Yeah, I find that um, it's hard to articulate to someone that hasn't experienced what it is like to be in alignment. Because generally, like you said, when you put up, you know, get people to put up their hand and say, hey, you know, who feels like they're here for more and the hands, you know, unanimously go up. Um, but there's, there's a, there's, 
it's borderline addictive, I would say, when you know you're aligned to what you're doing. And like you said, it can be, it can take quite the toll because there's so much to do when you're in alignment. Um, but at the same time, there's a there's an energy, like you said, it's an energy thing. And the flow, I like to call it flow, um, that arrives when you're on your path, on your purpose, is absolutely incredible. It's it's quite addictive, I would say, because it's, it's obstacle- it's an interesting kind of obstacle-free productivity. Um, there are definitely obstacles in the way. Don't get me wrong, um, but there's another kind of there's another kind of internal resistance that dissipates. Right, your tips, hacks, insights, direction, prompts, guidance um, for those that are looking to find what it is that actually is what they're aligned to. Because you know, yes, we know we're made for more, but how do we find what that more potentially is? How do you encourage us to, to dive into that, bro? Yeah, so something tangible that I would give your listeners and audience right now is something that I did that I got from personal development was I created a couple lists. And this is really tangible. And it's good for anyone that's that knows that they're here for something more, but they can't necessarily pinpoint it. I would make a list of maybe 10 things that you absolutely love. In other words, like what would you want to wake up and do if you don't have to worry about money or anything like that? Is it working out? Is it reviewing movies? Is it traveling? Whatever your things are, let's try to get to 10. And then I would make a second list of all the superpowers that you possess, the X factors, your skill sets. Everybody has a few. So when I did that very exercise for me, it was a no brainer. I'm obsessed with personal development. And I can communicate pretty effectively. And so I married the two and I, and I put together the whole vision for CLS and my brand. Now, for someone listening, like, oh, that's easy for you to say, but that's not me. Okay, so what are your things? What do you like to do, right? And then somewhere in between, we can collect the data and find some commonalities. And it doesn't have to be perfect. As I love to say, and you attested to earlier, clarity follows action, but you got to get in the damn arena. And if it's not the thing, it's most likely going to be the thing that leads to the thing. But you'll never know unless you have the courage to get inside the arena. And just collecting those data of the things that you love and the things that you're good at is a great place to start. I love that. And then also to follow through just a little bit. And let's talk about that because I think even as we've discussed it, we've brushed on it lightly. But Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It sounds so counterintuitive to those that are following it for the first time. And, you know, even I myself find myself coaching people into this again and again, but, and myself as well, is the action and the clarity piece. Because so often we feel like I'm going to get clear and then I'm going to start. And I'll be real with you. There are people, touch wood, that have 
been on this personal development journey that are in my inner circle significantly longer than I have been and are actually like I would go as far as saying much more aware about how they carry themselves in the world. They're inspirations of mine, absolutely. Um, and yet they continue to want to support the world but are not able to have the impact that they want to have. And this sounds quite egotistical, I'm recognising as I'm saying it out loud. But also when we reflect back, it's, you know, they also mentioned to me, it's like, wow, I'm not sure like how you've gotten out and done what you've done. And it's like, well, I just started putting one foot in front of the other and giving myself permission to be messy, which I think mm. is a big part of what you speak to as well. Um, well my personal can you, yeah. Can you, can you dive deeper into just what it practically looks like taking action and then allowing clarity to come in because people sit on clarity for years. I just want to get clear on what the perfect business model is and then I'll start. I want to get clear on what my message in my heart is and then I'll start. I want to get clear on what it is that I'm going to offer the world and then I'll start. Can you explain why that isn't the right way to go about it? That's just a recipe for procrastination, right? And everybody wants to talk these days about things that you need to add to be more successful and on the trendy. I love to talk about things that we could just let go of. And a couple of those are waiting for the right time and the need to be perfect, trying to be something you're not, right? And so I actually, now I, and I'm a recovering perfectionist, just to be clear. So I have contrast for your listeners. I know what it feels like to wait for things to be perfect. And I decided to retire that scarcity mindset. And now I'm all about messy action, uncomfortable action. Because I know on the other side of the courage to step in, messy, is where all the real growth and expansion lies. And if you want me to take it a step deeper, go check out some of my content from the beginning of CLS a few years back. And I love to say, if you're not embarrassed with who you were a year ago, you're probably not growing. I didn't have a laptop, brother, for the first eight months. I didn't have an LLC, a website. I just I was putting out content. I was energetic and I was passionate and I was consistent. And then you grow and you develop and you hire and you delegate and you have a videographer and you polish those things. But in the beginning, take pride in being messy. Who cares? It's not about you. It's about who you can help, who you can add value to. And when you have that mentality that it's not about you, I think that makes it a lot easier to actually step in and give yourself permission to be less than perfect. And it's true. You might have a typo in a post or you might look silly or it might not be the perfect thing. Who cares? Right. Anybody that's actually in the arena is not going to hate on you. Why? Because game recognize game. It's like you, like, let's say you're at the gym, you're working out, you see someone that's not in the best shape, but they're trying. Are you going to hate on them? Of course not, because they're trying right now. That's a good sign. Anyone that's hating on you is probably sitting in the cheap seats. Right. So give yourself permission to be less than perfect. Take messy action. And typically, the universe, I know we're probably going to talk some spirituality and stuff. The universe, God, the quantum, whatever your thing is, they like that because the universe favors the bold, right? And when you lean in, you don't have all the answers yet. That's like a sign of trust or faith or even better, surrender. Like, I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out, but, but I'm going to lean in. That's typically when the universe opens up a door for you that you didn't see coming. So not only is it beneficial to take messy action, I would argue that it's a necessity. And if you're waiting, if you're sitting there on the sidelines waiting for the perfect time, it might not ever come.
I have this visual metaphor in my head, which I see again and again and again, and it comes back to the fear of walking out into the unknown and the abyss, right? And especially when we're on our entrepreneurial creative paths or anything that speaks to our heart and turning a, a passion into something that, you know, can potentially sustain us long-term. It's like I'm walking literally into outer space and I'm putting my foot down where there's no paver, just trusting the universe to just like last second, just materialize a paver under my foot. And then it just happens the first time. And then the next time you go to take another step and again, you're about to step and literally just fall into the abyss and then boom, a paver just appears under your foot. And I'm not sure if even the way I'm articulating it um, is a clear visual for those, but it's really clear in my head. And just the, again, everything you mentioned in there, like the trust, the surrender, fortune favoring the bold, these are things that we hear again and again and again. Um, I wanted to actually ask you, because this was a point and I was curious when this was going to come up. Did you have as much of a calling to trust and surrender prior to being hit by two cars and walking away unscathed or <laughs> how like how instrumental was oh, ex, pause explain that for just a second actually yeah. and then we'll ask questions well, about it it was only one car but still it was a speeding car in new york city and and yes everything that's happened to me after everything that's happened for me correct myself after my reinvention i've had a, a sense of calm and trust and surrender like even before that, a couple of years ago, when I was training for a marathon, there was, I think a long story short, they found a tumor in my foot. Um, and it was scary at the time. I wasn't expecting it. I ended up getting surgery and it came back benign, thank God. But, you know, I was at a commission for probably a month or two. And somehow I just had this trust and, and calmness that it's all going to work out. And, and I can't wait to look back and find out why this happened for us, not to us. And it's probably going to propel us to something much greater. And it did. And then last year, I think it was last year, it was last year, I got hit by a car. And essentially, I'll take you back to the moment. I was doing a typical route that I would do when, when I go for a walk, clear my head and, and connect. And I'm crossing the street a little bit, like maybe three minutes away from my New York City apartment. And I look to the right and there's this blue car speeding going right at me. And when I say right at me, like by the time I saw it, it was probably about a foot away and I wasn't scared. I just had this feeling, this, this control that said, we're not getting out of this one. So how do we minimize the damage? And so I just braced myself. Like I planted my feet and I put my forearm out because in that brief second, although it felt like 10 minutes, it was probably one second. I just thought if I get hit by this speeding car and, and land on my head, I'm done. The human experience is done. But if I, if, my arm gets mangled and, and, you know, I could probably, you know, recover from that, hopefully. So I, I just braced myself. I couldn't get out of the way and the car just hit me in the arm. And then I like spun around and it grazed my hip and just kept going through two red lights gone. And I started walking a little bit. I think I was like in shock and some big truck pulls over and uh, like, you know, a couple workers like, oh my goodness, my man, you Okay. That car hit you and then sped away through two red lights. That was a sick spin move. I'm like, thank you. But, I, I, you know, I didn't get out of the way. It hit me. He said, call the cops. And, uh, you know, physically I was I was good. But mentally I was shaken up for a few weeks. I think it was more because, maybe it was because of a lot of things. But New York City, if I'm being honest, has become a war zone. 
and the detective that was like on it didn't really care. And, and I just want a little bit of clarity. I felt like the guy who hit me should have some sort of consequences just for like humanity, like for, you know, for the New York City. Just to and, know that um, it's not okay to behave like that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Just to know that that's not okay. Um, and, you know, someone was looking out for me, but maybe the next person might not be so lucky. And so I finally did a lot of detective work myself and, and I got, switched the file and I got a new detective and, and I go in there and he says, Craig, I'm just going to be honest with you. I go, please. He goes, even if the guy came in and confessed and goes, I can't sleep. I hit this kid, you know, bring me in. Uh, where New York City's at right now, he'd probably go to court and, and it would like get, you know, turned into like a, a ticket or something, a parking ticket. He wouldn't even lose his license. So I didn't, I didn't approve of that but i accepted it and i just decided to put closure on that i know this was for something much bigger we got a lot more work to do um and i just got back at it but yeah you know i just in the moment when it was about to happen i had this this calmness wasn't scared or anything like that i think that's a a sign of trust and surrender and also my you know my connection with god and so forth and all of the spirituality that i've been working on uh, I think that's what you're referring to. But yeah, that that was kind of crazy. You just brought me back for sure. You talk about the quantum and energetics in a lot of your stand-up work. Um, stand-up work. Well, the work you do on stage, but also it is stand-up work. <laughs> um, in there, the you just mentioned a piece which energetically can be quite hard to reconcile when you're diving into quantum work, energetic work, which is you didn't approve of what happened, but you accepted. When you say it out loud, it just sounds like a sentence. But when you dive into the subtle realms of energetics, there is a world of difference between approval and acceptance. How did you manage to accept what you just described on an energetic level? Um, whilst being unapproving of it. Can you describe that a little bit? Am I too getting too It reminds me of when I was going to reinvent myself. One of the first things that I did that was really liberating and really catapulted me to a new identity. And I encourage everybody to consider this if you're in that particular season. When I had this realization in the beginning of lockdown, when I finally got quiet and took some time to reassess, it occurred to me that I had a choice. In fact, we all have a choice. And when I considered going back to my job after lockdown, I made it so real for myself that I began to associate it with death. Because quite frankly, I wasn't even alive. I was just existing and I, and I sure as heck wasn't aligned. And so I did one thing before I moved forward. I said, all right, I don't approve of where I'm at at 35 years young. I thought I might be in a different place. But I do accept it and I am going to forgive myself and I'm going to allocate all my energy, not on where I had hoped I'd been, but more importantly, what should I do next? And by forgiving myself, it was like, I picture like walking into my old shoot office in a three piece suit. And like, I look up behind me and there's a bus attached to my, my coat, my jacket. And it was like, all of a sudden I turned around and detached and I was set free. Right, because forgiveness is very important. And I'm reading a book now called The Course of Miracles. And I'm not that far into it. Yeah, I'm not that far into it if I'm being honest, but a lot of it has to do with forgiveness. And there's something so powerful about that. 
And so I forgave myself and I didn't approve, but I accepted it. And I said, I'm going to do a whole lot of good for this world and I'm going to start now. And, and that's when I, I was able to get clarity and start leaning in and making moves. I think so many people are anxious about the future, depressed about the past. They're anywhere but the present. And when you can forgive yourself for being a human and not having everything figured out because nobody does, now all of a sudden we can take intentional inspired action, right, for our inspired evolution and, and figure out what that next move is. And so forgiveness is a really big thing. And that ties in with not approving of it, but accepting it. Okay, good. Now we can make some change. I think you've already answered my next question, which was going to be, and I'm going to ask it anyway for the benefit of the audience, because I think it's worth distilling this nuance is there's an interesting rub between, because when you believe in, when you look from the outside, looking in self-belief, um, again, my little <laughs> insidious intention around here is to turn this into a masterclass around self-belief. Um, when you look from the outside in around self-belief, you would imagine that you would have this level of consistent approval um, towards self. That seems like the gluttonous version of self-belief. But here you are saying that there are certain parts which you cannot, like you do not approve of, and yet the current of self-belief still runs strong. And I was going to ask, you know, how do we manage to maintain that? But I think forgiveness is a response you gave. Anything else to add to that potentially? Or forgiveness is the superpower in there? Yeah, I don't think it has to be an either or. I think you can cultivate a ton of self-belief and understand like we are all flawed humans, right? We're, we're trying to navigate this thing. Hopefully we're doing the best that we can to do a lot of good in the world and express our soul and create more light, right? And, and some people are on the path later than others, whatever the case may be, but we make mistakes, right? Like we weren't born with, with a manual for life or a handbook, Right, depending upon your upbringing and stuff like that, a lot of times there's trial and error and you figure things out and maybe you didn't have a mentor. You got to get give yourself a little bit of grace, right? But but ultimately, can you get on the right path and choose um, to level up and expand and tap more into something bigger than us? And when you have that grace for yourself, I think it makes it a lot easier to forgive yourself for things that maybe you've done or said or even just wrong relationships or detours or wrong paths, right? We're all trying to figure this thing out. That's the honest truth. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I'm a big comic book nerd, love that stuff, I could never, probably the, arguably the most well-known superhero is Superman. I could never really relate to him personally because it was just, I couldn't connect. He was like an alien from another planet. And yes, there was kryptonite, but it was just, I couldn't connect. For me, Batman was my guy. He was human. Um, he was rich. He was handsome. But ultimately, you know, he fought crime and he could be hurt. He was a flawed character, whatever the case may be. I just think that we always love, let's be honest, like when it comes to movies and stuff, we love the hero's journey. Right Where someone's going for it, they get knocked down, they fall, and then they rise again. Everybody loves a comeback story. For me personally, at least I do. And so, look, we're all trying to navigate this thing. And in regards to self-belief, take certain areas of your life that you've been successful in the past. So that's why I say reinvention is not starting over. It's finishing and executing on what you've been dying to do. And it's arriving 
at yourself, how I arrived at me, how you arrive at you. And if you've been successful, which we all have in something somewhere in life, more than likely those skill sets are transferable to a new endeavor. So you're never really starting over. So just that premise should be able to cultivate some unshakable self-belief. I'd love to get your insights on how to do a bit of an audit on what some of our strengths are, because that's a big part of your work in the reinvention formula. And as I was reading it, I was actually taken back a little bit to the hospital when my wife was giving birth, because one of the things the midwife said to me was, you know, tune in with your wife and, you know, she's birthing for the first time. But, you know, what has she accomplished before in her life that was a big deal that, you know, she set herself to task with and she achieved and remind her of that because of her ability to do that. She can also do this and remind her of that as she's going through this extreme laboring birthing process. And uh, I, well, she was totally reinvented on the other side of it. I, I joke, but somewhat not. She went in a girl and she came out a woman, man. Um, so yeah, how do we, like your advice to how do we look back, have a bit of an audit in terms of, you know, what are some of the other things that we've done? Or are they painfully obvious in most cases that, hey, you know, like this is what I've succeeded at before? Any advice in that space? You know, some things you won't even know until you try, right? But most mm. things, like if I asked you right now, what can you teach on? What are you good at? What can you help somebody with? That even if somebody didn't like you, they couldn't deny that you might be able to help them with it. So before you go, for me, for example, one thing that you couldn't deny is I know it's a thing or two about reinventing yourself. I know a thing or two about building a personal brand. I know a thing or two about creating a great network and meaningful big relationships. And I had none of these things three years ago. So that's why I said over the last three years, like even if you didn't like me, you couldn't deny that I've been successful at these things, right? So what are some things that you've been successful or what are some things that you can help someone with that nobody can deny? And I'd love to challenge you on your own show. Oh yeah, easy. So the mindfulness and meditation, self-awareness as spouse from there, um, overcame six years of depression through the practice of mindfulness and meditation. So that has been a massive silver bullet for me. Um, helping people align and find their purpose through finding mine. That's been a massive, you know, not too dissimilar to your reinvention process. Like actually what is my purpose and then take and executing on that so that I can actually live a life of service in alignment to my purpose. And then ultimately how to set up a successful podcast and, you know, public speak and, you know, basically using different platforms to get my message out into the world. Um, yeah, those are the three things that immediately come to mind. But right away, you rattled off a whole list because you know that you've been successful at some things. There's certain things that you're good at. So I, I encourage everybody to take a page from your book, whether it's mindfulness or you meditate, maybe you don't, whatever. How can you get quiet? How can you create the space to kind of connect and block out all the distractions, all the interference? And I'm confident that from that space, and this takes work, You'll be able to draw upon the divine inspiration and you'll be on a higher frequency to get those downloads on what it is that you're good at. But it all starts with being intentional to create space. And, and I'll be honest, like when I put this whole thing together, it was kind of a forced pivot because the lockdown and the pandemic, but I took advantage of it. And now I know from experience and contrast that getting quiet, right, to kind of disconnect, to reconnect is very, very powerful. In fact, it's actually a necessity for that next level of expansion. You have to take some time, do some introspection and so forth. 
and get to that frequency where you're in a good state and you can draw upon the divine inspiration. So first and foremost, I, I would do that and, and they can learn that from you. And then you'll start getting the ideas on, on certain things that you're pretty good at that you can you could draw upon to do something with the world. And then right away, we're onto something. I love that. And I was hoping we'd get here and we're getting there towards the end. The divine inspiration, because that is the source code for where CLS came from and potentially an opportunity for you to share what CLS is. Um, but also my question is, where does that divine inspiration, how do we tap into it? Where does it come from? What are you referring to when that comes in? Because it's uh, it's there behind I don't want to say your brand is noise, but behind the noise of the brand, there's this, the current is, I connected into divine inspiration and this is what was birthed. Tell us a little bit about that divine inspiration, brother, and the downloading from that space. Yeah, so this is some pretty deep stuff, right? Like when you facilitate and, and draw upon divine inspiration, you're doing so with, with a strong consciousness, right? And, and, and nothing is random. Nothing is by coincidence. And so... It depends who you ask. Some people probably say it's a whisper of God or, or it's a direct download from something. I, I believe all the above. But I believe you have to put yourself in the right frequency to be available for them. In other words, like I'll give you an example. When I was just Wall Street every day, 400 miles an hour for years, never stopping, I wasn't available for any divine inspiration. I didn't take any time to, to create that space. I was just going. But when you get quiet, you're able to draw upon that. And that's how you really elevate. And I'll, I'll even give you like an example, right? Let's say, totally off the cuff here. Let's say I said to you, hey, would you like to volunteer to clean my apartment? I'd say, okay, sure. And, and let's say you did it and I saw surveillance and you're vacuuming. You're like, oh, this is great. But then if I said, hey, I, I'd like for you to volunteer to clean my apartment, I'm going to give you a million bucks. Okay, great. You all of a sudden, I look at you, you're vacuuming the wall. You're like, oh, while I'm here, uh, do you have any paint? I think there's a chip over there. And also, do you have a drill? I want to straighten up the TV. All of a sudden, you're thinking outside the box. You're thinking about great ideas because you're in a higher frequency because you're inspired, right? And so what I'm trying to get at is you have to put yourself in situations where you're available and in a higher state to draw upon that one download, that one idea that changes everything. But you're not going to get that if you're in a lowered frequency, in my opinion, lower vibration. I love that. And bringing yourself up in frequency, obviously for those tuning in, and maybe it's just me because of the biases that I have with regards to stillness, silence, meditation, breath work. But I'm probably conscious leaning into your field there that, bro, <laughs> seven marathons, Running probably provides you a whole bunch of space to get silent, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's where I do my best connecting, straight up. It's like I don't, you won't find me sitting like somewhere meditating, like you know, Indian style, whatever the case may be, like a monk. For me, I do my moving meditations, and that's when I connect and I get the best ideas, best downloads, and so forth. Um, that's what works for me. But also, I want to encourage your listeners. I think it's important for us to begin to have certainty in the unknown. In other words, like everything that you see, like this conversation, the computer, it's all part of the 1%, the 3D reality. That's only 1%. Everything else is the 99%. That's what you want to tap into. That Those are the ideas that start Apple, Disney, that changes everything, right? So just knowing that 
it should give somebody confidence that we're not only limited to this physical vessel. Uh, obviously, yours is a lot more handsome than mine, but there's a soul and a spirit in it having this human experience and we can tap into anything we want and we are limitless and we are one. And when you start to realize that, that's when you can utilize the laws of the universe as a system and you could be super productive. Uh, yes, long-winded answer. I do my best connecting personally when I'm on a run and I get the endorphins going. That's what works for me for sure. I'm just going to put it out there. I would kill for your hair. <laughs> At the risk of getting hella vain in the middle of a very deep spiritual conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... <laughs> the interesting piece in there also is where I love the way you describe that. That's the 1%. And then we've got the 99%, which is informing the backdrop of reality, which is that quantum space, that spiritual space and self-belief just coming back home to that piece. When you believe in so much more, is it, well, I'm, I'm just curious. Well, I'm sort of noticing in this conversation, how much easier it is to believe in self when you believe in more. Um, but I imagine for some people tuning in that that's probably not the case. Just wanted to get your sort of sense check on how much believing in that more, um, and by more I mean, you know, that 99% actually supports you with your journey on the self that is navigating the 1%. Well, think about it. Like, this is science, right? Like, everything is energy from this coffee mug to the computer screen to, to everything. It's a vibrational universe. Everything is energy to some capacity. So once we accept that, and again, this isn't really an opinion. I mean, this is based upon like physics. And I don't know if you saw the movie. I just saw it uh, one, you know, a few months back, Oppenheimer uh, with Einstein and so forth. And basically they created the atomic bomb. But I didn't realize that was the whole introduction to quantum physics. Very cool stuff. Um, but but anyway, this is all, this is science, right? Everything, is, like essentially we're a receiver, and whatever we're tuned into is what we're going to get back, right? So if, if you're looking at a radio and you're tuned into the oldies, you're going to get that. If you're tuned into hip hop and rap, you'll get that. So we're no different. Our, our consciousness, right? And our brain is like an antenna. So whatever you're tuned into, you're going to attract into your life. And the reason why this is so good and powerful and juicy is because if you're not attracting the stuff that you really desire in your life, that's a good indication and feedback that you're probably not tuned into the right frequency. Or maybe you don't really believe or know that you're worthy of these things. You just think you are. And then you could do some inner work, some spiritual work, and find out is how you can really start letting go of the self-imposed limitations that aren't real and really start collect, connecting and believing and, and knowing and receiving and all that. And so this was a big game changer for me just a couple of years back. Up until then, I was always in my masculine energy, grind, go, 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 hardest worker in the room. That can only take you so far. You have to tap into the feminine energy based on the way I perceive it is to be and allow and receive. There's a sweet spot in the middle. But most of this universe is not seen. And just the fact that we know that, the question is, well, how do we tap into it? I love that. And I think the the priming, the antenna, um, with the self-belief is, yeah, just such a profound, profound piece of content in there. Any other bits you wanted to add today about just, you know, for the audience tuning in that I may have left some part of the stone unturned around self-belief, I'm sure there's only so much we can cover 
in a podcast of an hour. <laughs> what do you think you want to add about I love the conversation? I love the topics that we spoke about, a little bit different than usual. I think this is refreshing. But but I do want to say, like I mentioned several times in, in the book, the, the rematch formula, this is only potential knowledge. You actually have to, and I'm speaking to the listeners right now, mm. y'all. Oh, actually, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> consume it and then apply it and take action. Otherwise, it's good for nothing. So this is arguably a seven-figure conversation that we're having right now for free, but you have to do something with it, whatever that means, whether it's grabbing a book or or trying some of the, the tangible exercises we spoke about or cultivating self-belief or tapping in or forgiving yourself. Any of these concepts, you have to be willing to take some messy action and get in the damn arena. And if you're willing to do that, I'm pretty confident in saying um, that this conversation right now will, will help you quantum leap in your life. Thank you so much for sharing that, bro. And one of the messy actions you took a while ago that has actually turned out quite well pruned is the CLS community. For those that want to dive in deeper into some of your offerings in the world, obviously I'll put a link to the book, uh, The Reinvention Formula, in the show notes below. But CLS community, ways to work with Craig. Can you give us a bit of an insight just before I let you go? Yeah. Um, you can go to our website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com anywhere on social media at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. I love to interact. Come say hello. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience, anywhere you buy books, the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller, the reinvention formula. And we have a community too. And we meet three times a month on a live Zoom, kind of like this. And we hit all topics, uh, entrepreneurship, mindset, spirituality, branding, sales, and everything in between. We have a private group in chat where 600 people are networking, supporting each other, doing business with each other. You know, I'm a big believer, and this is the season of collaboration, not compete. We have huge celebrity guest speakers coming in once a month that you get access to as well. And they all say to me the same thing, and this is probably what I take most pride in, is that they've never seen a tribe and a community so supportive and selfless of each other. No egos, everybody elevating each other to win. And that's what I take most pride in. It's called CLS membership. You can find that on the website. Brother, thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly here today. And yeah, just uh, like I said, my intention being a masterclass on self-belief, I really am so passionate about the work that you've done, especially through all the challenges, the ups and downs and all arounds that you've been, man. Like, you know, we talked about some of your challenges getting hit by a car, but there's so many other things that were in there as well that have uh, like navigated through your journey, being out of career misalignment that we could have dived in on. And yet just the rudder that you have carried for yourself to believe in more, to ultimately eventuate that. And then the work that you've actually supported countless of thousands of others to actually find that more for themselves as well. I could totally thank you for today's conversation here and now, but man, it is a lifetime's worth of work that this conversation stands on the shoulders of, bro. So yeah, just honoring and acknowledging you for that, man. Thank you so much for sharing yourself here with us today. Thank you for having me, brother. Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Looking forward to building the friendship. Thank you so much for tuning into this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week 
along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 